Hi everyone, I'm your host, Sam Evans, and welcome to Lifestyle Redesigned, the podcast. Every week I interview both entrepreneurs and travelers about their success stories and how they made their dream lives into reality. Whether you're someone who has always wanted to travel but doesn't know where to start, an aspiring entrepreneur looking to build a thriving business, or anyone in between, our guests will share their experiences and insights on how they've succeeded at living what I like to call the unconventional life. So get ready to be inspired as we explore the stories of those who have successfully redesigned their lives. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce Lindsay Mukadam, a travel blogger based in Austin, Texas, who specializes in solo travel for women who are looking to maximize their budget and PTO. She has made it her mission to encourage women to step outside of their comfort zones and explore the world on their own terms, one amazing trip at a time. Throughout this episode, we'll explore the defining moments that sparked Lindsay's passion for solo adventures, her journey of building a business that empowers women to travel and build a supportive community, and the hurdles she has overcome as a full-time traveler and content creator. So with all that said, thank you so much for being on and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So before we get into everything, I'd love for everyone to learn more about your story and what got you to where you are today. Gosh. So I started One Girl Wandering, which is my brand, a few years ago. And I was still working full-time in theater at the time. It was this little side project hobby. Mm -hmm. And I ended up taking it full-time during the pandemic because unfortunately I was laid off from my job in theater in 2020. The event industry was one of the ones that was hardest and fastest hit by the pandemic. So I ended up deciding to try being a full-time content creator. Mm-hmm. And so far it's been going really well. Yeah. So it's been a great blessing. I don't know if I would have taken the leap myself. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's one of the big dreams is to be able to start your own business and be a, a full-time traveler. But I just don't know if I would have had the guts to, to do it if I hadn't kind of gotten like a, a swift kick into taking it full time. Right, right. I feel like that's what happens in almost everything in life. Not that you have to hit rock bottom, but for the most part, like when you do hit rock bottom, you're like, okay, kick it into gear. I got to do something. I feel like the motivation kind of kicks back in. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what happened. It was kind of like, all right, well, this is what I have in front of me. And I'm just going to see where this goes. So at that point, did you first start your Instagram in 2020? Or were you kind of like doing travel content as a side thing? And then you took it full time? What was the process of actually going from one industry to the other? Yeah. So I'd had my blog for a couple of years at that point and was posting Mm -hmm. on Instagram, mostly travel. I was really blessed that the job that I had, while it was very chaotic and busy when we had events in place, I also had really good PTO. Mm. And so I was able to like take advantage of that. And anytime I traveled, I was taking photos, making posts, writing travel guides and anything I could think of. So while I wasn't traveling full-time, I was definitely trying to maximize my time off in order to travel. And same with my budget. I was also like a state employee. So like the Venn diagram of the state employee in the arts is like zero money. (laughs) So I had to figure out the best way to not only maximize my time off, but also my budget. So that's where I started to get into travel hacking as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And then you've just essentially focused on growing your Instagram and blog over the past couple of years. Yeah. So definitely taking it full time, other social media like Pinterest and and TikTok and my blog. But yeah, growing that, creating a community, and then also not just working with brands, but also trying my best to find solutions for 
my community and what they're interested in. And one of those things for me was starting to host group trips. Okay. That's cool. I feel like that's, I've noticed that a lot of travel content creators have recently been doing group trips. And I just feel like it's becoming more and more popular because when you get to a point in travel content creation, you're probably, you probably know that a lot of people will reach out saying, how'd you solo travel? How'd you do this? Or I don't know if I want to do it yet or whatever. And I think that like group trips is almost that like middle ground between going completely by yourself to a new country or a new state or whatever versus going on, going, not going on a trip at all. Yeah. So as a content creator, I'm posting a lot of inspiration and travel guides and tips and tricks, but I wasn't really offering anything that was like a tangible step towards traveling. Like my main mission I've discovered isn't necessarily just solo travel. It is to travel without waiting on others. Yeah. And group travel is a great way to do that because you have someone who's taking care of all the details for you. You have a group of people that are like-minded that you can travel with. And so it really just felt like a natural extension of my business to start hosting these trips. And they've been fabulous. I just got done with trip eight and nine. So wow. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And so have you been doing them just this past year or for two years now? So I launched my first trip in 2021 and it ran in 2022. So I did three last year and I'm doing eight this year. Wow. So you are really like just bouncing around. Well, so the way it kind of worked out this year is I've got four destinations and two trips in each destination. So back to back, same itinerary. Okay. Okay. Um, So my, it's something that my community has just absolutely loved yeah. And has been so eager and so supportive, which that, I mean, that's always like the big thing, whatever you mm. like launch an offer or anything, you really hope that you are, you're creating something that your community will enjoy and actually utilize. And that's right. really been these trips. So yeah, that's so awesome. Well, to kind of go back to your story, what would you say was like the defining moment that you w- knew you wanted to pursue solo travel? Did you start solo? Have you been solo traveling for a while? Did you start at the young age? At what point were you, you didn't want to wait for anybody basically? Gosh, actually I was in my thirties. Oh, wow. I didn't okay. really travel a lot in my twenties. Yeah. So, and I feel like that's a, a time that a lot of people are traveling and exploring the world. And for me, that was just, I'd never thought that travel was an option. I kept waiting. Yeah. yeah. And I kept thinking, oh, I'll meet someone and they'll go with me or I'll just wait for my friends to invite me. Yeah. And it got to the point where I started to realize if I continue to wait, I like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So there was a couple things that kind of resulted in me deciding to take a solo trip. One part of it is kind of silly. It was a soul cycle class. Mm-hmm. My spin instructor, they're always talking about, oh, you know, break out of your comfort zone and like change doesn't happen right, as right. long as you're. And so I was hearing these things in class and I started to realize that my life was very comfortable. Like I was in a really good job. I have, I'm married. Like yeah. I have got the house and all that stuff, but I had stopped really growing as a person. Yeah. And so I really felt like I needed to break out of that comfort zone. Mm. So that was one factor. The other factor is that my husband had terrible PTO and I just got so tired of waiting for him to have time off and that we could go travel. And the other thing is that I had been on a couple of trips with some like friends and family and I just was just like very disenchanted with it. I felt like I was spending money on stuff that I wasn't enjoying. I was Mm -hmm. going to places that not necessarily 
completely interested me. And so all those things kind of ran together and I decided, you know what? I'm going to get uncomfortable. I'm going to break away from waiting on people and I'm going to just book my first solo trip. Yeah. Wow. I feel like not a lot of people, it definitely takes a long time for people to get to that point. And like you said, maybe this was years of you thinking this or a couple months or whatever it is. And I think that it's really hard to go from waiting to just going and like really boosting your confidence in that because it's so easy to get comfortable. Like you said, you kind of just noticed that your life was like monotone almost like super comfortable. Like you were happy where you were and all of that stuff. But I think we all, everybody that's in the travel industry or people that travel in general, they know like that gut feeling of, okay, like something has to change. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's booking a flight. It's most likely booking a flight. (laughs) But something has to change. And I think that solo traveling is probably one of the best ways to even discover more things about yourself than you probably ever would have if you didn't take that trip. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's one of the things is originally, this was just supposed to be this one trip that I was going to take and I was going to challenge myself and I was going to come back and be out of my system. Yeah, (laughs) right. Nope, got addicted to it. Decided to start an entire business around it. Right, (laughs) right. So, and I just know how transformative and empowering it was for me. And I was like, I want my account, like I want my brand Mm -hmm. to represent that. Like I want to be the resource that I wish I had when I was planning my first solo trip. Yeah. And so that's always been my mission is to be able to help other women have that experience as well. Yeah. What would you say was something about solo travel that really impacted your self-growth journey, your personal growth in terms of when you were feeling comfortable to wanting to get uncomfortable? So I think a big part of it is that I'm married. I've been married for 10 years now Mm -hmm. and I'm in a wonderful relationship. I love my husband. I also love to travel with him. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of people for some reason think that I'm trying to get away from him and that's not the case. (laughs) But you know, as women, we really do think about other people's needs in front of our own, or we're constantly asking for input from people just in the course of a day. Like I may ask my husband, Hey, I'm doing a grocery run. Is there anything you want? Hey, there's tickets to this movie. Do you, should we go? Or so-and-so wants to have dinner with us. You're constantly getting feedback and like taking into consideration other people's opinions. And with solo travel for me, I remember there was like a light bulb moment where I just realized I don't have to ask anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I can just plan what I want to do. And something about that was just so freeing. Yeah. So empowering where I got to just kind of get back in touch with exactly what I wanted to do, how I wanted to spend my time, how I want to spend my money. It was just kind of like a refreshing way to refill my cup. And I was yeah. able to come back and feel like more energized and more empowered and know that I can also not just plan my own trip, but I can solve any problems that come along with it. Right. On your own. Yeah. On my own. Yeah. I think that you touched on a really important point that I feel like not a lot of people talk about, which is making your own decisions. So like we were talking about at the beginning, we all were at a point where we'll just wait for our friends to come, all of this stuff. And now after solo traveling for a while, it's kind of like I've gotten so used to making my own decisions. And so you still not asking anybody, like you were saying, not really. I don't want to say not considering anyone because of course you're making friends and things like that, but you can literally 
book something one day and then cancel it and do something another day just because you didn't feel like doing it or whatever. And I think that's a really good point to make. We don't really have that many opportunities to do that in other parts of our life, whether you're in a relationship with your family, with your friends. There's unless you're by yourself, like there's not many opportunities where you can be like that selfish. But I think that you made a good point. of You grow so much from making those decisions on your own. And like you said, coming back home, you kind of learn to like, okay, you can do stuff on your own. We get so comfortable with doing things like for other people or with other people that we almost lose that part of us that knows that we can do it by ourselves, but we just never have been given that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever been on a girl's trip, you know exactly how many emails it takes to nail in a reservation. Right. (laughs) But, and I like to say that because people are like, oh, I see you're traveling with your husband. I thought you were a solo traveler. I see right. you're traveling with friends. And I really feel like solo travel is just a tool in your travel toolbox. Like yeah. you have that at your disposal so that if no one else is going to go with you, you know that you have the confidence to yeah. do it on your own. Right. And you also know exactly what that brings to the table. And I will say one of my favorite things to do is go to destinations that I have been to with my friends, that I mm-hmm. have been to with my husband, because going there solo is a completely different experience. Yeah, completely. And I think that the point that you had made about solo traveling and then people saying, oh, well, you can't go with your husband now because you decided that you were a solo traveler and all of that stuff. It's, I don't know. I think there's no rules to it. You know what I mean? And it also gives you the confidence to something that I've noticed is if I'm traveling with other people or whatnot, sometimes we still like to do our own things for the day or whatever. I'll go into this store, he'll go into that store, a girlfriend will go into this place or whatever it is. And if you haven't really been on any solo trips, you wouldn't really feel confident enough to separate. But there's so much to do in so many places. Sometimes you just all don't agree. And it might just be easier to have a couple people go here and a couple people go here and then everyone's happy. But it's funny that audiences or people that follow us on Instagram and stuff, they'll put us into a box and say, you said this, so you can't do anything else. And it's kind of, you're happy in your relationship. You just didn't like his PTO time. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And even then there's some places that like, I'm really interested in going to where he's like, I have no interest in spending my vacation time there. And I'm like, that's cool. I will just go. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. I think that's like super inspiring for people that are in relationships, whether it's like dating, married, just like with the girlfriends, whatever it is. It's totally okay to have different like things that you enjoy, honestly, that's like healthy. And yeah, that's really cool that you guys are kind of able to be on those terms of it's easy for you to just get up and go and then come back. And you know what I mean? Then you guys can plan your trips together and all of that stuff. I think that's really cool. Yeah. No one's asking him why he's not in my yoga classes. Right. Like (laughs) it's just the same thing. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what got you started um, with your business, helping women to travel, like specifically going into that niche? Was it like a personal experience or was that just um, when you were taking it full time? Was that just like you felt like that was your main audience or both? Gosh, it was a little bit of everything. Just getting feedback from the people who were following my content and following my account. Like the biggest questions I was getting is like, how can I do this too? What are your tips for this? What are you, what do you suggest I do? What would be a good first destination? What are things that you do to stay safe? Like everyone wanted to know basically like the logistics of it, which is really interesting. I would say that my audience for the most part is a lot of women who enjoy planning, mm-hmm. who are type A and who are 
loves spreadsheets and details. Yeah. So they were like, we want the specifics. We don't just want like the beautiful photos, like an address on a cliff. Like we want to know like how you got there. Yeah. Right. How you packed for that. Right. And like why you chose that destination. So that's basically been me as I'm very like logistically minded. And so that's kind of the same approach that I've brought and that my audience appreciates. Yeah. Or would you say that they're a little bit older on the younger side? And what are their main interests? Yeah. So I would say that the majority of the women who are in my account are probably in their thirties and forties. So Mm -hmm. really reflective of me. Yeah. Yeah. So very close to me. A lot of them have professional jobs and are honestly, they're looking at the limited time that they have time off and they're trying Mm -hmm. to figure out the best way to plan a trip that is not only fulfilling, but also doesn't leave them exhausted at the end. So trying to figure that out. And a lot of them are are basically tired of waiting on other people. Yeah, right, right. That's probably something that most people find true, but just don't admit because it's super scary to admit. I don't really feel like waiting for anybody anymore because nobody really knows what to do with that feeling. At first, I feel like we can both relate on this of when we first had that feeling of, okay, I'm done waiting for my friends, waiting for my boyfriend, waiting for my husband to be ready to do what I want to do. It's, well, then what? Well, now what? What am I supposed to do with this? And being type A people, of course, we're on Google. Like, how do we do this? Let's put it into a document. Let's do that. But yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing to overcome is like the now what question. Okay, this feeling that you don't want to wait for anybody, but what do you do with that? Do you just get up and leave? Are you supposed to plan something? And so like you hosting the group trips, like we were saying, is like the perfect medium where it's like, They can go and do it, but they're not necessarily by themselves. It's all kind of planned for them, but they're still like doing something that they want to do without having to wait for anyone. Yeah, exactly. And I have a lot of travelers who either from those trips go on to do solo travel. Yeah. Or even on the trip itself, they'll add some days onto the back end. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So they're able to have that solo time and maybe go back and hit up things that they didn't have on the itinerary or that are interested to them, but now they have this feeling of, okay, I've been here for a while. I get it. I've been able to ask questions between myself and like the local guide. And they feel just like way more comfortable being on their own because they've done it with a support network for the first part. So yeah, that is so awesome. That is really cool. I feel like I'm getting closer and closer to the point of wanting to host group trips because I think that it can be so inspiring, like both for myself to see that I'm impacting people, but then also for them to be able to, like you said, solo travel on their own. A lot of people are probably, it's probably their first time going anywhere by themselves. So that's like really inspiring. Do you think that you, based on any of the challenges that you had gone through when you first started solo traveling, do you see that in, do you take that into consideration when you're planning these group trips or like with your content and stuff, what your challenges were at first? Yeah, a hundred percent. So like you said, quite a few of the people who choose to travel with me on these group trips, they, this might be their first time booking an international plane ticket. So Mm -hmm. like I have, I have an entire Slack community now together for for all of my travelers. And so I'll do classes on like how to book a plane ticket. I'll do classes Mm -hmm. on how to exchange currency, like that the plugs are different. Yeah. It's it's all the little things that I remember having to figure out and learn myself. Like I have created educational pieces around that. Yeah. So that they're able to be supported from sign up all the way through the trip Mm. so that they feel like they, they 
are comfortable in what's going on. And that's the goal is like, I want them to focus on the fun yeah, and not be like so bogged down in the details that like the anxiety hits and like, it's right. no longer like a vacation. It now feels like homework. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. What would you say would be, what or was your both physical and mental challenge that you had to overcome when you first started traveling? I really didn't realize how widely used English was. That was a big barrier. I was like, what if That's I a good communicate one. with yeah, anybody? Right. And it's, it's English, I think is like the number two most spoken language in the world. And if you're sticking to mostly areas that have tourists, you're going to be fine. Plus Google yeah. Translate's incredible. Yeah. And the other thing was public transportation. I didn't grow up with public transportation. And right. so trying to figure out like how the subway works or like anything like that was just so scary for me. I remember I went to go visit my friend in New York and she lived there and she's grown up with public transportation. Yeah. And she had to come all the way out to JFK <laughs> to escort me because yeah. I was like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like it's over. Yeah. And she had to come out and get me. And now like I navigate public transportation in countries all over the world. And, but at that time, like I was just terrified. I was like, how am I going to get around? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I think you nailed it of the challenges that most people face. And that's like what I'm currently going through of like the places that I'm choosing to travel next, the English thing. Cause it's like, I grew up like learning Spanish in school and all of that stuff, but not necessarily conversational and certainly not like emergency like situation. And I've been in situations where if I couldn't communicate with somebody, for example, I got lost in Joshua Tree National Park where there's no cell service. There's no nothing. There's no, you can't pull up Google Translate if it was somewhere out of the country or whatever. So I've had situations where if I couldn't talk to somebody, I don't really know what I would have done. And I think that's a good point to bring to the table is that in every other country in the world, and this is something I've learned from international friends, is they learn English from when they're in kindergarten. We don't learn second languages, really, unless we no. choose to. Whereas for them, it's almost the opposite, where if they don't know English, it's probably a lot harder for them to travel anywhere. You know what I mean? I was in, where was I? I was in Prague this summer, and certain people, they obviously speak Czech, if you go anywhere else in the world and they don't speak English and they only speak Czech, well, they can't really communicate at all. And so yeah. that's a really good point to make. Of English is pretty much everybody else's second language. So that is a barrier to get over. Obviously, it's really hard because you really never know. Some people don't speak English, but like you said, at least if you're in a space where in a touristy area or even just somewhere where there are like tourists, hotels, whatever it is, you can find your way. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest anxiety inducing things that I get from some of my travels. There's like, how yeah. will I navigate a foreign airport? And I was like, yeah, do not worry. The right. signs are in English. Right. Right. Exactly. Everything is pretty much translated for you. Yeah. Or like you said, yeah, I mean, unfortunately you'll look like a tourist, but hold your phone up with the Google translate and it'll take a picture. And that's a, it's a hack that I learned. I'm like, I don't care how stupid I look. I need to know where I'm going and what I'm doing, what I'm eating, all yeah. that stuff. So yeah. So anybody that's scared of the language barrier, Google translate is uh, your best friend. Yeah. 
It absolutely is. And the public transportation thing. New York is a crazy place to learn public transportation, by the way. I don't know if that was your first spot, but it is even someone who has kind of been around public transportation. New York is like a whole nother language of their subway systems. Yeah, I would say my biggest hack for that was also Google Maps has yeah. their public transportation <laughs> right. tab. And it's, I can get around Tokyo. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. It's incredible. Exactly. So the last question that I have for you that I ask all of my guests is advice for somebody starting to solo travel, wanting to even get into traveling, not wanting to wait for anybody anymore. What would you say the next step that they should take in terms of wanting to get out of their comfort zone, but not really knowing where to go from here? Gosh, I think a big thing is that a lot of people think that they have to book this huge international trip and you can start small. You can do a staycation. You can go to the next town over. You can join a group trip and do it that way. It doesn't have to be this huge thing where you're booking a giant international flight. Like you can work up to that. And that's a big thing is it's take a step at a time and then evaluate. Like, how does that make me feel? Like that experience of getting out of my comfort zone and then go from there. Yeah. That's the big thing is it doesn't have to be this huge, grandiose trip. Like start small and that's perfectly fine. And you're still going to feel the benefits. Right. You're still going to be empowered by your choices. Yeah. You're going to feel confident and you're going to come out of it feeling like a badass. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even just as simple as going to a restaurant by yourself. Someone, another guest had said this of even if you just, you leave your house, you go to a restaurant by yourself and you come back. It might not necessarily be considered solo traveling, but at least it gets you into the space of, okay, I'm ordering by myself. I'm sitting at a table alone. Like those were also big fears that I had to get over of like just being alone in general and thinking, oh, everyone's looking at me and stuff. You get over that very quickly because you're like, no one really is looking at you. No one's looking at you. That's one of the big things. When I worked in theater, I had to escort Lin-Manuel Miranda through a fully packed house of people that were coming to see Hamilton. No one looked up. No one noticed he was there. If no one is noticing that Lin-Manuel Miranda is walking through the crowd of Hamilton, like they are not, they do not care about you at a restaurant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious, but it's true. It's really true. It's like we're all in our main character mindset. Oh, everyone's looking at us. No, no one is. But yeah, that's really good advice. That's really great advice. So what do you have coming up? Where can people find you? What are your like next steps on your adventure? Oh gosh, I have got two more group trips coming up here. Uh, (laughs) This winter, I'm doing Christmas markets in Germany and Austria Ah, with two awesome groups. Awesome. I'm excited. And then I'm going to actually enjoy the end of the year at home. Nice. I've been on the road so much. So I'm going to snuggle my dog, snuggle my husband, and enjoy a little bit of a break. But you can find me on my website at onegirlwandering.com. You can also find me on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, all the good stuff also at One Girl Wandering. And if you so choose to, I'd love to have you join one of my group trips. I always love seeing the community that takes place there. They are a lot of fun. And it's just, I seriously think I have some of the best people in my community and it's really great to get to meet them in real life. Yeah, that is so awesome. And like we said, group trips is a great way to kind of get started on solo traveling. So that would be awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. It was a really great conversation. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Of course, of course. 